Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and Josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Hello. Hi. And thank you. Thank you. Bit of a sore throat there. We'll get on, come back to that. This is probably the first podcast we've recorded in a while that I haven't had a cough or a cold. Yeah. In the midst, midst of the coronavirus outbreak, yes. I am now a picture of health. You are a picture of health. So. Everyone else has got it. <laughs> else I've spread it to everyone else, but I'm all right. So thanks everyone for downloading the latest in for a penny podcast episode when we are in the midst of a um, coronavirus epidemic, a pandemic in some countries, but they haven't said it's a pandemic here in the UK yet, have they? Not that I'm aware of. No, but we do, we do have visitors from, not visitors, listeners from around the world. We wish you well. We wish you well. If, but if you are in isolation, the um, in for a penny podcast apparently... You can download the, all the back episodes. Exactly. <laughs> it's the perfect antidote to the boredom uh, you can have in isolation. We have mortgage guides, insurance episodes. You can learn so much in the two weeks of is- that you need to be isolated for. So, you know, forget Netflix, because you don't want to be touching things, because no. you'll be, like, putting um, the coronavirus germs all over everything. So... Is our podcast automated? You don't have to touch anything. Well, I don't know if you could voice act. If you have Alexa, you can listen to our podcast, if you have a podcast app, like via TuneIn. If so basically, ask- we're doing our bit to eradicate coronavirus exactly so i thought for this episode seeing as everyone is talking about it we talk about coronavirus sure okay so obviously it has had an effect on stock markets um they've seen some of the biggest falls since 2008 as investors have panicked because i guess things have been shut in china they're worried about consumer sentiment and people getting hold of stuff supermarkets are being um, ransacked for toilet rolls for toilet paper. Have you stocked up on toilet paper? Got enough. Haven't got stocked enough? up. We got enough. Yeah. As what? What are your clients saying? Have they phoning you up, panicking, coughing? Um, I actually, so far, we're now we're recording this first week of March. Yeah, I haven't had any clients call yet. Email? No, I haven't had anyone asking about it, which is great. Yeah. Brexit was like a question every five minutes. Ah, what do people ask about Brexit? Just about impacts on the markets. Yeah. And this has had a bigger impact on the market, but haven't had calls yet. Most of our clients know, and we always give them the same message, don't panic, carry on. If we're investing for the long term, doesn't matter if things go down for a bit. In fact, it's great because the stock market's on sale. But what does that mean? Does that mean you should buy more, like you should put more money in? If you can afford to, yeah. Yeah. When you can is the difficult question because we don't know when the exact bottom is going to be. Yeah. But yeah, if things are on sale, get stuck in. Get stuck in. So if you were a, a DIY investor, because I think now one of the things you see in a lot of the personal finance pages is journalists writing about stocks falling and then trying to identify where the best ones are to buy now and where you should maybe sell out. But for a DIY investor, I guess you may be tempted to do that to make a quick 
buck. But if you've got a long-term plan, is, is that a good idea? No, is the short answer. Okay. It's impossible to predict the top of the market and the bottom of the market. No one knows exactly when it's going to be. You can't time the market. What's the old phrase, Mark? It's all about time in the market rather than timing the market. Yeah, sell it a bit slower so we can hear the distinction. It's all about time in the market rather than timing the market. Okay. I'm lucky it was that phrase I was going to go for. There's no such thing as a free lunch. But... No. Okay. Um, so if you sell out now with the expectation that things are going to drop further and when things hit the bottom, you're going to buy back in, chances are you're going to get it wrong and miss. If you were that clever, you'd have be, you would have sold everything already when we were at the peak. But people only know in hindsight what's going to happen. Also, gold's gone up in, in price, hasn't it? So, um, so people, the old safe haven, the old as people say. Haven. The rush to gold, as yeah. the headlines will tell you. You'll see billions wiped off the stock market. Why is it always wiped off? Yeah. What, what's the wiping got to do with it? Because you're, like, wiping the value off. Do you, what, what does that mean, wiping the value off? Does it used to be that it was maybe written in a piece of chalk or something and they wiped it off? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, don't know. If someone, anyone knows, let us know. Uh, rush to safe havens, rush to gold. Yeah. yeah, again, that's what people do. They panic. But sh- should people have a little bit more... I mean, what about rebalancing? Because that's something that people should do from time to time anyway, isn't it? Not not just as a reactive thing when there's something happens like this. You do that... If that's part of your plan that you rebalance, whether it's six-monthly or yearly, you do it six-monthly and yearly, not in reaction to a market event. And how... Because a lot of people are saying this coronavirus could last years or beat because it could be a while until we get a vaccine so if there's always uncertainty at what point does a short-term market blip become a long-term concern what do you think well i think if you look at brexit that initial people initially said was a short-term thing but it took three years for the uk to leave and then that time markets were going up and down yeah and if i was retiring at that time and looking to take my, my money out from a pension, I possibly would have been a bit nervous and would have had to adapt my plan. But most people nowadays, when they get to retirement, aren't taking all their money out of their investments, which is a, a an important point. You don't get to, let's say it's 65, you don't get to 65 years of age and say, right, now I've got to pay everything in cash because I'm going to live off that for retirement. You carry on investing because you want that money to continue to grow throughout your retirement. And if you've got a proper financial plan, you'll stress test big market falls, short-term temporary declines in the market. You will factor that in to your plan. But if you were just about to retire, yeah. just about to take a annuity or go into... Well, I guess drawdown wouldn't matter so much. But if you want to take an annuity where you have a fixed income for life, wouldn't you be a bit annoyed if markets were now down and you've just taken an annuity? I don't know if annoyed is the word, but, but you can't do anything about it. I don't know. I, very few people that we look after and, and help are taking annuities nowadays. So I don't know whether that's so much of a concern. I would say the majority of the clients, 99% of our clients are, go, are going into drawdown. So that yeah. just means you're taking your first withdrawal when the value of your pot is lower than it was the day before. Yeah, it's not the ideal scenario. You'd rather it was going up and up. But anyone who invests knows that's not possible. Volatility is the entry price for investing. If people were just about to start with an ISA now or start on a pension journey, do you think they'd be more nervous and invest less? Yeah, human nature is to be fearful when things are falling. 
and to jump on the bandwagon when things are going up in value. But really, it should be the complete other way around. Now is the perfect time to invest. I don't mean on a particular day. As I said, I can't time it. But when things are coming down, that means they're cheaper than they were a day ago, a week ago, a month ago. Why would you have been excited to buy things a month ago, but not excited to buy them now when they're cheaper? Yeah. True. Yeah, I convinced you. Yeah, because I get, as a journalist, I get a lot of press releases saying, now's the time to buy this and that like gold or kind of uncorrelated assets. And I often see some like regulated advisors doing that as well. Do, do you think that's irresponsible? Yeah, I'd love to see a journalist. I'd love to see a journalist. Yeah, it's the end of my sentence. Right in front of you. I'd love to... <laughs> no, but a proper one. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'd love to see a journalist, um, the ones that say, right, now's the time to buy gold, also give the articles when they say now's the time to sell. If they can give the both sides of it and get it right, fantastic. Yeah. But it's not that. It's just, oh, look, prices are, are suddenly hit record highs. You should buy it now. Well, yeah. no. When they're at rock bottom prices, that's when you should tell us to buy it and sell now when it goes high. It's, it's the other way around. How do you counteract that, though? You don't, really. You you can't stop the general public reading the, the financial pages of what people nowadays like to call it the financial porn. Yeah. It's If you are sensible and you make sensible financial decisions, or you've got an advisor holding your hand and guiding you, making sure you behave sensibly, you'll be okay. But so, someone like you, me. a handsome young man in your 30s, thank you. you are accumulating wealth. You're not in the decumulation stage. You're building up your wealth for the future. As long as you're, if you're paying money into your pension, your ISA, your investments on a monthly basis, you should be rubbing your hands together with joy because this month you're going to buy double of what you bought last month. It seems... That every few years now we have volatile events. Correct. Yeah. We have Brexit. Yeah, we always have that. But, well, maybe it's because I wasn't investing when I was younger. But in the late nineties and early two thousands, I don't feel like you had a massive economic shock. Well, you would. Do every you know, three well, I'll remind you at the nineties, two thousands. Do you remember the dot com boom? Yeah. Yeah, everyone was ploughing into tech stocks, making loads of money, and then the bubble burst, um, and everyone lost their. Not a lot, everyone lost their money. Lots of people lost a lot of money. It's always like that. The, the stock market on a inter-year basis is probably up 75% of the time and down 25% of the time. Yeah. Okay. It can drop from 14% declines is, is tends to be the sort of the yearly, the yearly change. It will go up. It will go down. I do not panic. My money is invested in a lot of the same things that my client's money is invested in. So if the value of theirs have gone down, so has mine. If the value of theirs have gone up, so has mine. But you just get on with it. It's not a loss unless you sell it. Do you think consumers may be less willing to remortgage or take a or get on the housing ladder now because of sentiment and could lenders then become a bit more cagey? I haven't seen any changes in the lending in the mortgage world. Remember we are what do we say? We're we're beginning in March and this yeah. is been in the in the press probably since early January, but really in England only the last few weeks it's been a an issue. So I haven't seen anything in the property market, which is just about picking up again after the uh, Brexit announcement. Was that end of January? Yeah, with Boris Bounce apparently. Yeah, so I haven't seen anything property wise, and I don't know whether it's going to stop people moving house. Unless you're worried there's germs left in the house. You've got to wait two weeks when the old people move out until you move yeah, in. Well, that's what I, because I write a little bit about estate agency and some are saying 
people don't want to come and do viewings as much or they don't want sellers don't want people coming to the house because it could be yes fair enough but then you could say well don't you, know, you can't go anywhere yeah you should lock yourself in your own house and don't mix with anyone it's impossible if you think on a daily basis if you take a typical day for you yeah you get up in the morning and you take your girls to school so you're walking from the car park to the school the amount of people you encounter and the amount of people they encounter. Then you're going back home. You might be going to a train station yeah. to get on a train with hundreds of people. who, And they've also in turn met hundreds. It's impossible not to mix with people. You can't panic. You've just got to get on with life. Be sensible. Don't start kissing strangers and rubbing up against them. Yeah. Okay, you've got to stop that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> what about in your office? Are you um, implementing any strategies, hand sanitizer on every desk? Um Interestingly, a couple of the guys have got hand sanitizers anyway. They got it. So that's where it's all gone. Because we, yeah, we get. Um, I think it was Metro Bank gave out like branded hand sanitizers a year or two ago. So we got a few of those in the I office. Probably some good PR for Metro Bank. Yeah. Um, but we haven't. I know big companies have put in work. For, your wife's got a policy at her at her work. Do you yeah. want to tell us about so that? So they have half of them work from home one bit of a week, and then half the other. So people aren't interacting with each other as much. I think like Facebook have done that as well, and some other big companies to reduce the risk. And we were talking just before, weren't we, why in previous health scares, so SARS, swine flu, why it didn't seem that people had these work-from-home policies and stuff then. And you, your wife, or my wife, someone's wife, made a valid point. I get confused because they're they same all look thing. the same. Yeah, they all look the same. <laughs> um, said, well, last time there was one of these things, people didn't have the technology to work from yeah. home, which is, I think was a fair... A fair point. So in my office, nothing yet. We've still got clients coming in. We're still working. Um, Do you think you'd get to the point, though, where you say to clients it's too much of a risk? Only if it becomes that the the, sort of the government and the health uh, chiefs say that. What would you do? Would you have video um, meetings? Yeah, can do. Could do. Speak to people on the telephone. Um, But what is there's no point panicking. Yeah. But I don't. Well, for me, it would be okay. If I had to, couldn't. If I was told I can't go out, you'd love it, wouldn't you? Well, Stay I, do, in your I love, I hate going out, but I, I do a lot of my work on the computer anyway. So I assume I could just still use the internet. Yeah, you can't catch coronavirus over. Twitter. I don't know the sites that you go on, <laughs> but for you, you've got a, an office with staff. Yeah. And what would you do if you were told, "Oh, your staff have to isolate for two weeks"? Well, if people have got, I think everyone's got a laptop, so they could work from home. Yeah. If needs be, and if we clients weren't allowed to come in, then clients weren't allowed to come in. Would it impact on business? Short term, probably not. But if it carried on for long term, it would be a bit of a problem. Yeah. But then I guess for a lot of other smaller firms, <clears throat> if you've got staff, God forbid, who are sick, and then you've got, to, you've got to worry about sick pay, and then people aren't working, and then... Yeah, it could, be, it could impact yeah. on, the, on the whole economy. I was at a talk on, I don't know what day it was, last week, Yeah. from a uh, chief investment officer or deputy chief investment officer at one of the investment houses i won't name them but he was telling us what they're doing about coronavirus and we want we're monitoring the statistics how many people get it how many deaths we're comparing that to previous health scares we're extrapolating our figures we're looking at chinese uh, manufacturing output the smog level above the country we're looking at um, movement of workers all these fantastic stats. So I said, what does it mean? He said, I don't know. So, so, you, can, so it's, you, you can't predict it. You don't know what's going to happen. You can look at all the data, but the only uh, way you know exactly what's going to happen in terms of investments is when it's all finished and it ends on this date, you can say, yeah, 
that was a date, everything's better now. Yeah. Can't predict it, it's impossible. I guess the risk of panicking now is you cash in your losses and you've got a, a lot to make up if you go back in later. Yeah, correct. You're ways. doing the complete opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. You'd be selling low yeah. and buying high. What, what about for you? I mean, have you got holidays planned that you may have to delay? Yeah, we've got a holiday booked for around Easter time for Passover going to yes. Israel. So Israel at the moment have... There's no problems with people coming in from the UK, but I think they have banned people coming in from France. Where else is it? <coughs> Northern Italy, where so where they've had major cases. Yeah, yeah. Iran have had a lot of cases, but I doubt there's much tra- tourism Travel between Iran Israel and Iran. Um, if they say to us we can't go, then we won't go. But you would go now. Yeah. Why am I going to not yeah. go? Because yeah, we are planning to go to LA. Yeah. At the end of March, beginning of April. And we're yeah happy to go as long as... But there is a risk because you are technically going to... Well, not technically. For LA, for example, or Israel, you're going to go and sit on a plane for four hours or however long it takes. Yeah. So you're exposing yourself to a high level of people who yeah. could be touching you and could be ill. I'd, Why are they going to touch me? Well, we're going to barge past you because oh, the planes are quite mean. small. Yeah. So there's a, probably a higher chance of catching something if someone was ill there rather than if you were just walking in the street. But, yeah, it's a fair point, but... Let's Some people will say, it. why expose yourself to that? Let's well, just go on with it. If if it is told it's not safe to travel, do not go, then we will not go and we'll go a holiday another time. It would be a shame though, wouldn't it? It would be a shame. I like yeah. a good holiday. It'd be nice for the kids. They'd be upset. But if it, if you're told not to go, then it's more important to, to be healthy. But be America brave. is the type of country very strict on uh, border control and tourism. I could see them just locking down yeah. borders, keeping you at the airport for three weeks or that something. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, enjoy. Yeah, thanks. Good way to uh, tackle climate change, though, isn't it? Just yeah. stop all It'd be planes. interesting to see, actually, yeah. what's happened to uh, pollution uh, over yeah. the last few weeks. What do you think about all Tottenham. the social media around coronavirus? Because government here are doing daily updates of how many people have been infected, how many people have caught it, but they, they don't do daily updates for the flu or something. Like, do you think it's causing more scaremongering? It is a bit. And as much as... Um, there's no need to put it out there. You, you find yourself sort of thinking, oh, well, how many it today? Yeah. It's interesting statistics. But yeah, there's no need to put it out there. That may be another reason why it feels worse now than when it was like swine flu or... Yeah. Because there wasn't as much social media then and you weren't looking at Twitter. And on the flip side there, if they didn't say anything and you've got all these people dying, they'll be like, it's a government conspiracy. Yeah. Why aren't they saying anything? Why aren't they telling us what to do? So you can't win. You can't win. But you just got to keep on your journey, whether it's investing or going on a plane. Yeah, keep flying high. Keep flying high. Yeah, stick to the plan. Stick to the plan, the flight plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, interestingly, the the airplane analogy is quite good because investing and having financial plan is a bit like flying a plane. You need a passport. You need no. You need to have a, a destination. Yeah. And you've got to very every so often do a little tweak to your flight path. Nice. To make sure you're still going to be on track. You don't need to do massive changes. Yeah. But if you're one degree off course, you'll end up hundreds of miles away. So you've got to keep an eye on things. Keep monitoring, okay. keep planning, keep updating. Yeah. Do you have to do that thing where your ears pop if you're investing? Yeah, you do. You yeah. have to. Yeah. And there's always a Is safety. That volatility? Uh, I don't know. Well, there's always going to be turbulence. Turbulence. Nice. On, on the journey, Mark. Yeah. There's always turbulence. But turbulence. Yeah. we are your life jacket. No. We are your oxygen mask. Nice. We are your seatbelt. Do you serve food? Yeah, in our office we do. There's oh, yeah, coffee, chocolates, there's chocolates, chocolates yeah. biscuits. You've been Better in eating the chocolates, yeah. yeah. 
Should we move on from coronavirus? Okay. Yeah, because it's probably... Done enough for that? Yeah, what else can you tell? What's going on in your life, Mark? We often talk about the awards that the Orchard Practice yeah. has been up for. What, what have oh, you... I did a um, freelancer and focus interview for um, headlinemoney.com, oh, yeah. which is a exciting. personal finance website where you can access press releases and network and find out what else is going on in the personal finance world among journalists and PRs. Great. So what type so of stuff do they ask you? They ask me all about me, my history. My... What's your favourite topic? The, yeah, I don't really like talking about myself, actually. I think if you listen back to his podcast, it's all you, you, you. Because you keep asking me questions. Yeah, I know, because I'm a journalist. <laughs> uh, but there are some interesting questions, like what was what has been my proudest moment about my history. What? What's it, been your proudest moment proudest in your journalistic career? journalistic moment. What's been your proudest journalistic moment? No, well, I mentioned an article I did at the end of last year, which which um, inspired some of our podcasts about having to deal with my dad's estate yeah. and report inheritance tax to HMRC and so I did an article the personal the stuff yes, is that the pers- so I feel like the personal stuff is often often creates the most interesting stories so I wrote something for the mail on Sunday about how HMRC systems aren't really up to scratch when you're trying to claim reliefs and reports what are relatively simpler states have they done anything about it? no but no. there is a budget hopefully this will come out before a budget yeah the budget's going to be on Wednesday. Wednesday you'll probably publish this on Monday or yeah. Tuesday won't you? so there are rumours that they're going to change things in the budget uh, there is pressure for the government to simplify the inheritance tax system okay. there's some other things maybe I'm going to ask you put you on the spot about this because on. one of the things they're trying to there are rumours that they will clamp down on is business property relief yeah. and investing in AIM stocks to yeah. re- reduce your inheritance tax liability yeah uh, what do you think about that? do I think about it it's sort of a very wide ranging question is it how much of a problem would that be if AIM stocks if investing in AIM stocks was no longer exempt? Well, I think there's two things to think about. One is, is it going to impact people that are already invested in AIM stocks? Because we've got some clients that are invested in certain AIM assets specifically for inheritance tax planning. Yeah. So if it's sort of retrospective, then it's a bit of a problem. Yeah. Because we'd have to change uh, all the plans for for clients. If it's... What's the opposite of retrospective? I know forward-looking, but there must be some sort of posh word. But... um, that's short term it'll be an issue because you've got to come up with new ideas but there's always something that you can you can do to be sensible yeah i don't know they will one of the reasons they make them uh exempt because they want to encourage people to invest in the aim market and they probably don't want no money going into the aim so i don't know if they'll completely wipe it out or not we'll have to wait and see be interesting yeah but i thought one of the main points of business property relief initially was that people could pass on their property well, not their property is in their Sorry, homes, their it's business. businesses. Yeah. yeah, but now if people are investing in it, then that's not those people's businesses, is it? Yeah, slightly different, but yeah. yeah. So well, hopefully, they're still going to allow people to pass on their family businesses down the generations. Yeah, don't attack that. Yeah. All right. All right. That's all, all right. That's all we have time for. Uh, wish you a safe week or so ahead. Don't catch coronavirus. Don't shake hands. Are you shaking hands? That's a good question. Am I sh- yeah, at the moment I am. Yeah. With people. Yeah. Because then, you know, there's like the Wuhan shake now, which is named after Wuhan. Is that the foot one? Yeah. There's the foot one. A bit of, you could do elbow. a fist pump. Fist pump. Elbow. The elbow. I Should you do fist pumps? Yeah. I don't mind a fist pump. Yeah, but yeah, I've got to wash my fist now. And elbows, yeah. Just so you're not shaking hands. No more kissing. Is yeah. your wife all right with that? Uh, I don't know. I have to ask her boyfriend. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Stay healthy. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Please remember, anything discussed in this programme should not be viewed as financial advice. But if you do need support, please contact me at mark, M-A-R-C, at cavendishcontent.com or visit the Orchard Practice website 
at www.topfs.co.uk. You can also find us on Twitter at InforAPennyPod1, at Mark Schoffman, and at Josh Gersler. If you'd like to leave us feedback, there's a link in the show notes telling you how to do that. We really appreciate any comments you provide. And do post any financial issues you'd like us to cover. Thank you for being in for a penny. <laughs>